Hello friends, I'm Amanda Barr. And I'm Rebecca Lou Brennan, and welcome to Dance Principles United, the podcast. Together, we are passionate about helping studio owners with the business of running their studio. Join us as we talk everything from marketing systems, studio culture, motherhood, life, and everything in between. This is the Dance Principles United podcast. Well, hi, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Nathan and I are here coming to you live from Thailand at the moment. Hi, how you doing? How is everybody going on their Wednesday or Thursday, whenever you're listening to this one, maybe a bit later in the week, but we hope you've had a great week and are, yeah, ready to hear some hopefully pearls of wisdom on the podcast this week. Yeah, so I don't know if we've spoken about it on the podcast. I'm not sure if we've spoken about it on the podcast or not as yet. Nathan and I um, and our three lovely children um, are spending six months traveling um, Thailand at the moment um, just to have a little bit of a, a reset, some time away, do something a little bit different. Um, so I think we've been here... Yeah, Three-ish th- weeks, a bit over three weeks. Yeah, three yeah. weeks or so. Um, now um, we're in Chiang Mai up in the north of um, Thailand. Um, which we're loving so far, just sort of adjusting to everything, you know, parenting 24 hours a day and <laughs> not having school or grandparents as a relief. That's a little bit different. Going back into home learning after, you know, <laughs> swearing never to do it again during COVID, but here we are again, right? Um, but no, it, it's it's fantastic. Obviously, a few little challenges here or there, but I don't think we're going to get much sympathy, are we, babe? Um, as we sit here in our 30 plus degree days while most of Australia is sitting there shivering back at home. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that Nathan and I like to chat about quite a lot, and it doesn't matter where we are in the world, whether we're um, traveling or whether we are at home at the local coffee shop, is we really like to talk about like the customer experience, right? Yeah, we probably should just sit and enjoy our meals a bit more, really. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's 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 a thing we always end up chatting about. I guess it's because we're we're so passionate about bringing it to our own businesses and, and helping our, our members bring it to their businesses. Absolutely. And so something that's come up um, a fair bit why we've been in Thailand, and it was interesting because we did uh, one-on-one calls um, with our SGC members um, in the last week, and it's come up with them as well, is the customer experience as a whole and how much of that is the physical surrounds and how much of that is the atmosphere that, you know, the people and the culture bring. Yeah, that, that your staff create and that you as the leader, I guess, foster, cultivate, yeah, yeah. cultivate with, within that environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, um, that's so apparent in Thailand because not sure if you've been um, to Thailand or um, any, you know, similar kind of um, country, whether that's, I don't know, Bali or um, Cambodia, Vietnam, any of those kind of similar countries, you know, sometimes you're you're sitting on dirt floors like and there's plastic furniture and it's dirty and there's you know food around you and all of those things we are having a lovely holiday but you know we um do like to do it a bit more local and we're not doing the bougie hotels or anything like that we're going full local here right oh absolutely because number one because like the the tastes and the that those street vendors here are a massive part of the experience um and our kids love eating up there as well plus 
we can't afford six months of bougie hotels on the road, let's be honest. 100% not, so, as much yeah. as we'd like to. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So yeah, like Amanda said, we're getting out there, um, eating at a lot of the street vendors, a lot of the local restaurants. The girls and I are doing some Thai lessons, so we're getting um, lots of recommendations from our amazing Thai teacher on the best sort of local spots to eat. Um, and like Amanda said, sometimes it's on plastic chairs, which, you know, just as a side note, aren't really built for a six foot three, hundred plus kilo dude to sit on. And I feel like, you, you know, <laughs> I feel like it's like any matter of moments now I'm going to end up on the floor. But yeah, like the, 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 um, what would we call the decor in these restaurants is definitely <laughs> decor. <laughs> decor. Decor is a very interesting term. <laughs> but, you know, the, the one we were sort of talking about the other night was a, a Mukata restaurant that we went to. It's a Thai buffet, they call it. Now, our Thai tutor told us we had to go to this special one. So we jumped in the in the grab and took off across town. And we got there and it was a very local restaurant. So when you're in somewhere like Chiang Mai and you end up at a very local restaurant, that means sort of broken concrete floors um, that, you know, aren't super duper clean <laughs> um we got put out the back because it was such a full and popular local restaurant we got put into the overflow seating which is out the back next to the kitchen and when we say kitchen we mean sort of behind a couple of curtains hung off a hung off a bit of rope in between i think what was a sink maybe and some other things going on behind that curtain it, it's not what we're envisaging from a a, a, a western restaurant um but Delicious food, nonetheless. Yeah, so um, this was like a, um, hot, do we call it a hot pot? Yeah, it's sort of based on, like I said, they call it Thai buffet now, and it's um, based around Korean hot pot. It's sort of taken off locally here in Thailand, um, and yeah, is all the rage. And so something that we want to go try to get that sort of authentic, or one of the modern authentic Thai experiences, I guess. Absolutely. And now we're going to lots of restaurants like these with questionable health standards let's be honest but delicious food so it's okay delicious food like love it never get sick or anything like that it doesn't bother us like we're so happy but you know you would look at it from you know if you're in sydney or something like that you'd look at it and just think it was such a dive or whatever um and we're going to lots of those kind of restaurants um while we're over here in thailand and some we've had an amazing customer experience at some we have not and that hasn't been affected by the physical surrounds. Yeah, like the, the, the place we went this evening, just um, close to where we're staying here, we wandered down and it is like, it is probably one of the, the nicer ones, to be honest. It had tile floors, not concrete. So like that's a big step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, generally like proper kitchen out the back. It's got all these other things going around. But the lady that was in charge, the owner of the restaurant was a bit of a sour bitch if I'm honest and was standing out the front I'm not sure if you saw Amanda because you were sitting back to her she was like berating her staff in front of customers and just had a sour look the whole time mm. so even though like this restaurant was one of the the nicer looking ones there the customer experience was without a doubt one of the poorest yeah for sure and that's what we were going to talk about that um incredible I can't, I can't say that you know I can't say that um restaurant because the experience was incredible, even better than some of the, you know, we've gone across to the Shangri-La and done a few of those things as well and paid, you know, huge amounts of money, even in Australian dollars, um, to be at the Shangri-La. But the customer experience in this... Mukata. You keep saying I'll it I'll keep saying me, it, yeah. Um, was incredible. Yeah, like we were the only, the only Westerners there, the only Farang there, and 
they could see that we had no idea whatsoever what we were doing, right? We were a bit like that parent that walks into the waiting room, first lesson, and you can tell they get to the top of the stairs, or for us, it used to be the top of the stairs they'd get to, and they'd look like a deer in headlights. You could see that the parent was anxious, that they didn't know what they were doing. And so we, it was our or our receptionist's job to make them feel comfortable and welcome in our space. And that's exactly what these people at the Mulkatar restaurant did. They could see that we were sitting there and had no idea what to do whatsoever. So all three of us took it on. And look, it helps that we've got three cute kids because lots of the, the Thai people always want to chat to them. But they were keeping coming over. They made sure that we knew exactly what to do. In, and their English wasn't great or anything, but exactly. they were trying really hard. Really, really hard to make sure that we had the best possible experience. They were helping us fire up the hot pot plate. They were helping us what, that we had to put the pork fat on the top of it in a certain way. They then helped us make sure that we picked the right thing. They walked us up to the, the Thai buffet. I'm doing an air quotes thing here. Um, they took the kids up and they gave us all these, you know, you took these little baskets up to get like your condiments and your extra things that you put in the hot pot to flavor your soup and rah, rah. And yeah, between their broken English and sort of our broken tie and things like that, we could go up to the front and the girls had an absolute ball picking all these things to take back to the table. And it was just an absolute incredible experience. The girls had the best time, without a doubt, because these people, like I said, they could have just left us sitting there and it would have been a bit of a fizzer, to be honest, and we yeah. would have probably eaten... Oh, God knows what we would have done. We probably would have broken everything and burnt everything. But because they made such an effort and kept coming over and checking on us, kept offering her, telling us exactly what we were doing, not doing right, giving us tips on how to make our soup the best it could be and fry the meat in this way and that way, it was super, super fun. Yeah, for sure. And look, you've all been to a restaurant like that, right? You've all had an incredible experience in a restaurant, you know, um, and you've had pretty shit experiences at restaurants too. We've all um, been on the receiving end of that as a customer or in a retail store or in any other space, right? But what we wanted to talk about was, you know, not using your physical surrounds as an excuse for a poor customer experience. I think that is so, so important because we know what it's like on the receiving end as customers, but sometimes as business owners, you know, it can be forgotten that you can't blame the physical surrounds um, for a poor customer experience. Now, what I mean by that is, you know, I've heard um, different people talk about, oh, well, I can't do that because I don't have a reception area or I'm in a school hall or, um, you know, that's not going to work for me because my reception area is too small and I can't give that incredible play, um, you know, feeling to customers or, um, you know, oh, it'll be so much better when I buy new decor for it or when I paint it or jazz it up or whatever that is. Now, look, physical surrounds are obviously nice and important to have. Like, don't get me wrong, that is um, awesome to have. But it's a small piece of the package. Yeah, the, we know that the biggest variable in incredible customer and incredible customer experience is the staff themselves. Absolutely. And the people providing that customer service. Absolutely. So don't let your physical surrounds be an excuse for not having credible an incredible, excuse me, customer experience. You know, that is so important. And obviously the two together, like 
wow, that can be amazing, right? Yes, if you get both, 100%, like oh. knock it out of the park. But to be honest, if I had to choose one or the other, mm -hmm. I would choose the incredible team driving the customer service because I do think that that is the most important one. Absolutely. So, you know, a couple of things that I've, um, you know, thrown ideas around with um, with some other studio owners uh, that I've been speaking to uh, this week through different coaching programs that we offer and a whole heap of things and things for you to think about, like, you know, it, you might not have um, a, you know, a permanent pre um, premises, you might be in a community hall or a school hall or something similar. And so, you know, I hear from um, studio owners uh, that are like that, oh, I can't, you know, create community because I don't have that. Yes, look, you can't go out and chat in your reception area and sit down and, and do things in your reception. No. But how else can you do it? Create community in a different way. Think outside the box. You know, is that, you know, walking and chatting to the parents um, in, the, in the cars at drop-off? Is it actually setting up a little um, area with a um, like little gazebo for the parents to sit down? Is it having um, you know parent nights on Zoom where they can come and ask questions, or you know uh, parent nights at you know a local bar or restaurant or whatever where it's get together with the teachers, or is it parent teacher interviews? You know, there's so many ideas just off the top of my head, but there's different ways that you can create community and create it incredible customer service without those physical surrounds. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes people think too that, um, you know, just because they get the new pretty space or just because they get the new XYZ, whatever they're waiting for, that that customer experience is magically going to happen. Mm. And that's not always the case, right? Like we know my favorite thing is, you know, I, I don't really like shopping, believe it or not. But like, yeah, you know, whenever we get the time to go shopping by ourselves, which is very rarely these days, but I get dragged around to the odd customer, boot, the, uh, the old clothing boutique and whatnot every now and again. And it always strikes me as so odd, the amount of places like these boutiques that you go into that have obviously spent a bomb in making this incredible looking space. They've gone and done, fitted it out to the absolute nines, um, clothes on the racks look incredible, all that sort of stuff. And you've got the owner sitting behind the computer. Or the manager. Or, or the manager, who can barely be asked looking up from behind their computer to say hi to the only two people that are sitting in their store at that point in time. Mm. So I said, it's not just the physical surroundings, that the biggest thing driving the experience in their store in your studio is the people around and the people that are coming out to chat to them. Absolutely. So you've got to make sure that number one, you as yourself are leading the team and mm -hmm. setting the example by getting out from behind the desk, down the stairs, wherever you need to be going. In the car park, in the whatever car park, needs to happen. Whatever yep. needs to happen for you in your location where you're at to be modeling that behavior of connecting with parents and providing that great customer experience. Yeah. Um, like I said, don't just wait for it to happen and come to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, training your team in it, it's so important, right? Like you cannot just expect that your team know how to create and foster an incredible customer experience by creating community, um, not just inside the class, but before and after the classes as well. That's not just, you know, it's not just magic that that happens. 
we don't go into the best restaurant and that just happens or you know the best retail store or whatever they those people have been trained they've had trading days they've had practicing where they do mock kind of situations and they um, you know, impro through it to really make sure that they're practicing through mm-hmm. that. They've had to shadow a manager or something Absolutely. and watch them do it. Then they've had to, you know, get feedback on how they've done it. There's all of those things. So have you trained your staff in that? That would be my other question. You know, they talked about modeling that behavior, but then spending the time actually training it and designing it, designing that customer experience, you know, making sure that your team know how you want that customer to feel. Yeah. Um, you know, how you want that handled, um, you know, all of those things, um, how you want that first time customer to feel, where you want them to be sitting, where you want them to be, um, you know, going through your premises and, um, you know, so much more, the whole experience, make sure it's done by design. 100%. And like you said, like what you said about modeling or what I said about modeling and you just reiterated, I guess, um, I was talking about on one of my one-on-one calls today was that like, how did our staff know how to do all those things like to do to be able to upsell as well to be able to do all the things that were so important to us was because not so much me because i came into the the business when it was a bit bigger but amanda from day dot was always at some point of the day or night in the studio out the front doing all those things yeah not all the time but then as our studio grew and got bigger in the last few years Whenever we had big events like our open week or um, the first week of term or any of those big things, we were because our waiting room was huge and um, we were lucky enough to have that, but our waiting room was always very full and busy and it was an important time for our studio and our business. We were out there helping the admin team and modeling all those behaviors oh. that we hold so like, that we knew were so important. Absolutely. And so they every would... single night in the studio, not yeah. just on big events. Like, yes. I was out there every single night. We were constantly doing yeah. it and they were constantly seeing us do that behavior that we wanted them to emulate. Yes. So it was easier for them to pick it up and then be able to, to reproduce that. It wasn't just us sitting there in a training day once a term saying, you should do X, Y, Z they would actually see us doing it week in, week out. Mm, absolutely. So, you know, we really just wanted to you to have a think about that customer experience that you're creating for every single one of your customers. And stop using excuses such as your physical surroundings um, to be a reason for poor customer service. Be creative. Think of ways this... Uh, restaurant in Thailand on horrible floors with broken English could have uh, managed to create a great customer experience. So can you. Really make sure that you are not letting that define uh, your business. Um, And just something to kind of think about today. Yep, absolutely. As always, we sort of think, are we going to be able to chat for like 10 minutes about this? And we're coming up on 20 now. So as always, we really, really appreciate your time listening in on the Dance Principles United podcast. And we will be back in your ears again, same time next week. Have an awesome week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.